Hey, y'all. You're listening to Chit Chats with Lonnie, a podcast that was created to unpack some shit while also amplifying black and brown voices. I'm your host, Jelani Weaver, and I hope you're ready to chit chat. Hey, y'all. We're back at it again with the Chit Chats with Lonnie. So this one is going to be a little different. And so I always give people that are talking on the show, I always give them an option if they want their name or if they want it to be anonymous or whatever they may want, because uh, we all because we're for protecting people. Um, and also creating a safe space. And so this guest of mine is another connection on LinkedIn, because you know I only bring LinkedIn connections on my show. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to name them Anonymous 110. And so um, they're here to just share their journey. They are also a job seeker. Um, and I love to get job seekers' views from the other side, because it's different being on the recruiting side, um, and then hearing what it's actually like to be in the job market during a pandemic world war and all this extra stuff that's going on in the media. And so I just wanted to bring them on to just have a chit chat about their journey, their career story, uh, what it's like to be a woman of color seeking for a job. And so I let them do like a brief introduction into their their journey. Yes. So hello, I'm Anonymous 110. So yeah, I would like to say that I've been in the Let's see. Oh, man. I've been working since I was 15, you know, as an administrative coordinator. I've gotten a lot of secretarial experience very early on in my life. And, you know, I did like everyone else did. Um, I went to college and, you know, got my degree and thought as soon as I was going to graduate that I would be this big shot in social work and, you know, no one would tell me anything and I will be making money and I'll be by myself and living on my own. But, you know, life hit me hard and I ended up working (laughs) for my dad's company (laughs) because I could not find a job. (laughs) So... (laughs) That's basically how like, you know, my work journey has actually started. It hasn't been pretty for me at all. Straight out of college, I started working for my dad and, you know, I did that for a couple of years. Then I started working for local government and decided that I just wanted a change in the industry that I was working for. So I decided to get into tech because of course, if TikTok tells you that you should work in tech, you should work <laughs> So so that's what I did. And, um, you know, because I was working for my dad and I had a little bit of experience in A&R and accounts accounts payable, sorry, I decided to take an A&R job just to get myself in the door with the company. And it ended up not being anything that I thought it was going to be. All those like my first time, you know, having a remote position, my mental health, I struggled. I, I really did struggle throughout the entire process. I was only there five months and it like completely left me in shambles. I was probably one of the only black people in their company out of maybe like four. And I was just being constantly berated, you know, by my manager and it, it just wasn't a really safe space. So I thought I would go ahead and take the leap of faith and try to move into recruiting and talent acquisition. 
this is something that I've been looking forward to, you know, since I decided to try to get my MBA. It has been a struggle to try to get into this industry. I mean, there's so many applicants, you know, who are trying to break into this industry. And it's really, really tough being focused and being prepared for these interviews. Just to give a brief story, I did fall into some um, media chaos recently on LinkedIn. I was going to start a position um, with a really big company, and they decided to rescind my offer a weekend before I was supposed to start. I had my equipment and everything, and I was ready to go. I was really excited about it. Did six weeks of interviewing for it. Um, passed all of that. And they offered me the job almost immediately. And three weeks after I received that offer, it was just kind of like, oh, well, and send our stuff back. So (laughs) I put it on LinkedIn, said that I needed a job, and then I got bullied for it. (laughs) So that's a little bit of my story. I mean, if you put (laughs) two and two together, then you'll probably figure out who I am. But that's what's going on right now. So now, out of all of that, I am pushing 30 and I'm unemployed and back on the job market. <laughs> so that's, yeah. a, that's my story. <laughs> Ooh, we, we got to do some unpacking. Okay. So I just want to start from like the beginning of time. So how did you, cause we all graduated college thinking like, yo, I'm going to get this job. That's about six figures. I'm gonna blow up. I'm gonna be okay. good. Have a nice car, house, this, that yep. life is going to be golden. How did you like when you got out of college? Cause I know my thoughts when I got out of college, but when you got out of college, like, did you have a dream job in mind or were you like looking for any, uh, any job particular? I know you said it was social work that you're into. And I know <laughs> I have a lot of friends that are in social work counseling and yeah. they are just burnt. They did it for maybe a year or two because of everything that comes with it, certifications and all of that. So like, what was like your path that you want to take or your ideal path? Oh yeah. So when I first went to college, um, I thought I wanted to be an attorney and I took my first criminal justice class and I was like, okay, this is definitely not it. <laughs> so I switched my major to sociology um, just because I've always just been curious about the social constructs and things like that. And I was like, well, I'm going to be different because everybody is a psychology major. So I'm going to be a sociology major. And that's exactly what I did um, just because I hate math and science anyway. So <laughs> I was like, that's not the route I'm going to go. So I decided to get my degree in sociology. And then, you know, as I started taking courses and everything, I was like, you know what? I would really love to be in medical social work. You know, I did all of of that work. I got a job uh, with a nonprofit while I was in college, you know, thinking that, hey, like this is going to be my opportunity to get some experience working with the community. And then, you know, I'll try to get some internships and this and that, and I'll be on my way to getting an MBA in a year. Um, I'll, I'll apply for that. None of that happened. <laughs> None of that happened. None of that happened. I, like I said, I started working for my dad in our family business. And that's a exactly what happened. Because even with the internships that I was applying for, it was paying nothing. Mm -hmm. And they were requiring literally all of my time 24 seven. So there was absolutely no way (laughs) that I was going to take those opportunities and, you know, get paid nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought I was going to be a social worker. Just briefly, the reason why I thought I was going to be in medical social work was because like my mom, she had 
uh, cancer twice. And throughout my entire college career, um, not only was I going to school full time and working, I was actually taking care of her. So that was part of the reason why I thought, you know, this is something that I'm called to do because I was always at the hospital. Like I knew a lot of people by name. I knew a lot of the doctors and the nurses and things like that. So that's what I thought I really was going to do. And then life really just hit me hard. And they were just kind of like, okay, yeah, you have this little bitty experience being a secretary and then customer service. And yeah, you just graduated. But Mm -hmm. I mean, we really don't want to offer you anything. That's really what it was. I mean, it, it was endless applications after applications and getting rejection after rejection. So um, yeah, that's kind of how it started for me in college. And it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, well, I have this degree. What do I do with it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we've all been there where we spend a ton of money on this piece of paper Ooh. and get out and we're making barely minimum wage. And it's kind of like a slap in the face. And I read something on LinkedIn actually before this call, and it was talking about how students that are graduating from high school are thinking about going to get two-year degrees where they're guaranteed a job after that two-year certification or degree rather than going to four-year schools and you get overlooked after having a degree. And I tell people this all the time. I'm like, we go for people that have experience Mm -hmm. and regardless of if you have three, five degrees, that's not going to get you in the door. And it's really sad that degrees don't hold the value that they used to uh, when our parents were growing up. You know, like a degree was that golden ticket to a good paying job. (laughs) And now it's like you have a degree plus five years of experience. What have you done since you've been in school? Like I wasn't doing 17 hours of uh, 17 credits of class. You know, (laughs) like when do I have time to work a full time job and get experience? Yeah, no, it's, it's been a journey for me. And like, honestly, on top of that, I have ADHD. So I have a lot of interest that I like peer into. So I've kind of dabbled into any, any and everything. So it's just like, at one point, I thought I wanted to be a nonprofit. I thought I wanted to be in construction procurement. I thought I wanted to be, you know, and, you know, I, I thought I wanted to be a writer and it's like, it, it's just all these different things that I wanted to do. And, you know, at that time I was so young and it was just like, okay, it makes sense for me to just do what I want to do, take a chance. It might work out. And like, none of those things worked out, but it's fine because I'm glad that I actually had to experience it. You know, now I'm about to turn 30 and now it's, it's very important to me to try to have some type of stability, but mm-hmm. Throughout this whole process of finding a job in general, this just goes to show that what's most important is like your mental health and if you're happy, because you can have the position that you want. You could have did everything correctly and done it with flying colors and you're still not happy. So, you know, even after, you know, I got my full, uh, full time remote position in tech, I just it just seemed like this was nothing that I signed up for. I mean, I I felt like I was literally trapped. I would be so exhausted on the weekends to where I would just lay in bed all day and I would literally have half of my Sunday to get up and do what I wanted to do. And then up and at it again the next day and working more hours than working a regular, you know, in-person nine to five position. So, you know, now that I've gotten older, it's just kind of like, you know, if, I'm looking for a job and I get a job. That's great. If, if it turns out to be the career that I go into for the next couple of years, that's fine. But 
I've really given myself the freedom to just do what I want to do and just leave it in the hands of God and just move by faith because me thinking that I have control over it is really not working. So <laughs> we don't have, and, and it's good that you came to that realization because a lot of us think we are in control of everything, but don't realize, you know, God is in control of everything. Like he knows your next step before you even know your next step. Like he knew when we graduated college and we was out here, you know, trying to look for jobs. Like he knew like, okay, I'm gonna let these people, you know, in quotations struggle until they get to that next step. And I always tell people that, it's a lot of work getting to that position or that company that you may love, but it's well worth it once you find it. Um, and I always compare things to relationships. And I'm like, you know, it takes a couple bad apples to get to that one good apple, right? Absolutely. And everybody wants to get into tech. And I just want to throw the disclaimer, like, tech is great. Don't get me wrong. It is great. It's a dog-eat-dog world. It's, it's hard as hell to get into. And then... Not every company that is a tech company is a good company. Oh, that's <laughs> like, true. Let me tell you, because that's <laughs> I was with, was pure hell, and I don't care. It, it's very much, it's a lot um, because so many people are trying to get into this door, not realizing like we go through the same shit that other companies or other industries mm -hmm. go through. It's just 10 times as much because we're tech and things are forever evolving, forever changing. Mm -hmm. People, depending on what tech companies, I'm not going to call any out, but the larger, the worse it gets, in my opinion, because yep. you're going from, you know, those startups where let's say it's maybe we'll go a thousand to, huh, I'll say seven to 10,000 ish. That's small. And then you get to the mediums that are somewhat knowns that work with the big competitors. And then you get to those large ones that everybody's trying to get into. And you guys know the ones I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, there's more out there. And I'll always say like, I will never work for a large company again since I've been working for my current company because I get treated so well. I get treated like a human. I, I have a work and life balance. And until like this company does me wrong, which I pray they never do, I will be there. You know, I'll be a loyal employee. And I think nothing's wrong with being loyal. I'm not going to sell my soul to them, but I'll be loyal to a company that's loyal to me. Um, yeah. So I think it's good that you're taking time to figure out what your next move is. I heard you say that you're you're seeking a job and you're going through interviews. Like, what is it that you're looking for now since you've been in the market for a while and you had that incident happen? Like, has mm -hmm. your perspective changed of what you're looking for when it comes to a dream company in quotations? Yes, absolutely. So after I quit my position, well, not even after, but before then, when I was, when I got my position with that tech company and I was only there for a couple of months, even before then, it was just extremely exhausting. Like I knew that there were a lot of tech positions open, but it's extremely competitive. And it's like, my goodness, this is so exhausting. And it was just to the point where it's like, I don't want a damn job. <laughs> I <laughs> There is no dream job. The dream yeah. is to not work. <laughs> the no, dream I hear that. Is to, is to be a crypto phenomenon and to mm -hmm. be on the beach with a margarita. That that is the dream. I, I really do not dream of working until you know a certain age. I really don't. But we don't have a choice, you know. So we have bills to pay. We have debt to pay. I'm going to say I'm a little high maintenance. So, you know, I have to require, you know, I, is there certain things that I require to live a good life? So it's just like, you know, I don't really have a choice. I have to get out there and, and find something that's going to sustain me. And now it's just, 
what I thought I wanted is really not what I wanted at all. And now that I have that perspective, when I go into these interviews, I remember that I'm the one who has the um, key to what my real happiness is. So regardless of what these people are paying, what they're offering, flexibility, whatever, I have to make that sole decision to work for this company and spend majority of my life and my time, you know, because you're working, what, eight, you know, hours with them. And, you know, that's with a really good company that doesn't push you to do overtime. But, you know, you have to choose something that you you really don't want to do. So it's just like, I, I try to be a little bit more open-minded. And now that I've seen what tech is really about, what I've been really interested in is just talent acquisition and recruiting, sourcing, things like that. Given my experience in like the job market and, you know, being rejected and the certain micro microaggressions, like as a black woman, especially when you're interviewing companies that are primarily white, you know, I've really been adamant about diversity and inclusion, Mm -hmm. just making sure that if I do get this position, are you making a quota or are you actually going to care about me as a person of color? You know, are you going to know about the things that I, you know, struggle with? Are you going to judge me because, you know, of the way that I wear my hair or the texture of my hair or the way that I talk? And, you know, it's really exhausting, not only as a black woman, but just as a millennial doing these jobs. And it's like you're jumping through all these hoops and it's like, God damn it. It's like, I, you know, you have to code switch. There's no representation. You got to deal with the microaggressions or you get called to HR and they tell you that you're too assertive and aggressive. It's just, it's like, goodness gracious. It's like, I really, now that I've gone through everything that I've gone through because I have struggled, I'm really starting to realize how important it is to have so many sources of income. And, Mm -hmm. you know, regardless of if I have a full-time position or not, I'm always going to have to have a side hustle or, you know, get into stocks or investing or real estate or something to that nature. Because I just know that maybe within like the next 10 years, this is not going to be the move for me. Like I definitely cannot be I can't be in a position to where someone is just telling me what to do. Like I have to, you know, be at a um, company that just lets me do whatever I want. Like that's the only way I would stay because, (laughs) you know, I just, it's just very exhausting. It's exhausting. I don't, I don't know how else to put it, but I'm tired of interviewing and don't get me wrong. You know, I'm grateful for all the opportunities that I received after my post went viral, but it's it's exhausting um, going through all of these emails and fine combing your resume and um, altering it to make sure that it looks nice and it goes with the job description that they're offering. And it's a lot. It's I've stayed up so many nights doing a lot of preparation for these interviews. And, you know, it's it's a little disappointing because you put all of this work together um, and obviously you're not paid. and you know they offer you this job and then the salary isn't what it is and you're fighting and advocating for yourself to make this amount of money and it's just I'm tired of jumping through the hoops Mm -hmm. I really am yeah and that goes back to when you said that it, it does take a lot of energy out of you and 
how you don't see yourself doing this, you know, long term. And it, it reminds me of how I was um, with one of my previous employers. I remember I told my mentor back then, I had told them, I was like, hey, I don't see myself working for a company by the age of 35. Like I see myself just done working for companies and working for myself. Right. And I was like, because I can't be vocal. I can't be the person I want to be. And I'm never going to find a company where I can literally just be myself and not have to be afraid of getting, you know, sent to employee relations. Cause I've had that happen where I don't have to be afraid of getting my social media shut down to where I can't talk on my social media unless it's something right. positive about the company. I can't be human. I can't mm-hmm. talk about these 11 people that got shot you know, like I wouldn't be able to talk about stuff like that. Like I can't talk. I can't say black lives matter. Like I just can't do. I couldn't do certain things where now I can speak up on things and I have high up directors messaging me now saying, keep doing what I'm doing. Like that's the company yes. I want to work for is in if companies were so smart. Like I'm giving a CEO or somebody a tip right now that if you have those star employees, let them be themselves. Because key, they're going to bring people in and they're going to bring diverse talent in. So you won't have to force your diverse efforts, like, because it will gradually, they will gradually come. And a lot of companies are, I feel like, forcing those diversity and inclusion efforts. I think we were talking earlier today and I was like, it's funny how you always see recruiters with diverse recruiter. Like, why do we have to say that? Why can't we just recruit diversity? Why do we have to announce and share that a company has diverse recruiters. Why is that even a thing? Because when I'm searching for people, I'm automatically searching for the best qualified talent, but then also, are they going to be a diverse hire and are they going to continue to grow up? You know, and I don't even like, now that I say, I don't even like that term diverse hire because it's like that token. Right. Um, And I never want somebody to be treated as a token. You're a person, you're a human, you were hired to do a job because we saw something in you, this, that, and the other. And so I just, it's just crazy how companies go out their way for diverse efforts, but then will turn around and be this, have the same people working for them that will slash and slander black mm-hmm. people in their spare yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just amazing to me how, you know, so many people have reached out to me after my post went viral and they're giving me their emails and giving me these personal messages about, you know, hey, come work with us. And as soon as I get into the interview, I do all this preparation. I research the company, you know, all of the stuff that they tell you to do on Google. <laughs> so, you know, you do all that stuff. And then when you get to the end of the interview and they're asking you, OK, so what questions do you have for us? and they're not prepared or you ask them about, you know, what is it like um, in your company? You know, what does diversity mean to you in your company? What is inclusion to you? Like, do you have these conversations? Like, what are the statistics for this? Is there, you know, an opportunity for me to get promotions to grow within the company? And it's just a, uh, or well, and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and it's just like, no, don't stutter because, Y'all was typing and, and, and critiquing and stuff like that. Whenever I was doing my little chit chat, you know, why are you all not prepared? Because they, it doesn't matter to them. It's either we have to fit into the description of the box that they have for us or you're gone. And, and that's really how I feel about it. And it's just sucky because not only that, I, I you know, I almost have this type of guilt, right? That I've given this, I've had this cop, uh, this opportunity, you know, to have these people reach out to me and I get a, a second chance to find another position, you know, after this offer, ha- offer has been rescinded, but it just, 
it it brings me back to when I was really trying to get out of you know my situation um, in a low paying job and knowing that I'm qualified and knowing yeah. that I'm so smart and intelligent. I mean, I was in an MBA program for crying out loud, and people were telling me that I wasn't qualified for entry level positions, and I would reach out to these people on LinkedIn and and you know try to network, and I mean, it was like I was almost invisible. So until I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, you know, a top, you know, company, I, I really didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that's a little hurtful to me to know that, um, you know, now it just seems like, oh, well, you're so smart and you're this and you're that. And I have mm-hmm. all these people reaching out to me. Like, don't get me wrong. I really do appreciate it. And, and you know, for people to see me for who I am. But at the same time, it's just like, you all don't really take out the time to look for this type of talent. You just look at the resume and toss it. And that's crazy that you, it took something to go viral or it took you to just have like a moment or like a breakdown in a way and put yourself and be vulnerable out there where I'm pretty sure you made the post not thinking anything of it. You're probably like, I'm just going on here trying to just share what happened because shit, I just hit the fan and I got bills to pay and I I just need a job. What was I going to do? Right. I'm just trying to eat dinner, you know, like rents due, lights are due and overnight or in a matter of hours, things just blew up and the hate that you got. And it's, it's so crazy. Cause you know, we love to play dev- devil's advocate. Like oh, if yeah. the tables were turned, <laughs> this, this wouldn't, it wouldn't have gotten where it was. You wouldn't have gotten the bullying because cyberbullying <laughs> is a real thing. People are mean on the internet, regardless of if it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, any other social media website, people are mean nowadays. And as much as you guys may think like, oh, they just type something, delete the comment, you still see it. I can't unsee what you just said. Like racism goes on. Look out for your employees, your coworkers that you work with, the same people that are smiling in your face are probably the same people trying to bash somebody for something that they don't like. And it's just crazy how you got all, you got love and hate, but the thing that affected you the most was the hate part. Not that people were trying to help you. You know? Yeah, I mean, I was being called racial slurs in my personal messages because I said I got laid off. It, I mean, it's just unreal because you know, and everybody knows that had I I not been black, this would have never happened. <laughs> the bullying would not happen. It would be, oh my gosh, let me give you $5,000. Let's do that. Or, you know, let's put you on a trip somewhere. You know, no, it, it wouldn't have been any of that. It, 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 I would have been given so much sympathy. And it's just, you know, I see these things and it doesn't really matter if somebody has tough skin or, you know, any of that. I mean, it, it doesn't matter like what you've gone through with your life. I've been through a lot of tough things. I mean, a lot of traumatic things. I mean, I've, you know, had a lot of mental health battles and, you know, I'm actively, you know, seeing a therapist and, you know, certain things like that. And it's just, it, it's hurtful. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what you've been told to, oh, you know, just let it roll off your back. It's easy yeah. to just say it. It's easy to say that until it actually happens to you. And I mean, it was just ridiculous because I couldn't even get to the opportunities that were actually trying to help me because I was trying to find calm through the hate messages. It it was to the point to where I I couldn't even report them all. Like I just had to get off of LinkedIn and 
just reset. And even then I was, you know, receiving emails in Gmail and then Google. I had to contact Google because I wasn't able to access my email. And it was all because I said I lost my position. My intention wasn't to say that, you know, this company, you know, is going to lay off these employees. And, and, you know, I wasn't trying to scare anyone, but it is pretty scary to know that you went through this situation and you have bills and debt and all this other kind of stuff and you have no job, you know? Yeah. Like there's unemployment that I can apply for, but I'm just so prideful and who I am. And not to say that I won't take the opportunity to apply if I need to, but I have to get it going because if I slow down, I'm going to get into a slump and snowball of depression. And I don't want to get there. You know, I don't, I don't want to stay there. And all I can do is push forward and move forward. And I really wish everybody would have saw that part of the post, because regardless of if the employees were scared or not, you still have your positions. <laughs> so, and it's, and I wish like, if we could just bring up the post, like, I wish people could read it. And you, and from what I saw before it got taken down, I, you said nothing wrong. Like you I, literally <laughs> did not bash this company. You literally just told your truth. And that brings me to how come when black women, and yes, I'm going to say black women, when yep. we have something to say or when we have a truth to tell or when we want to just share something that has affected us, why is it a problem? Or why do people feel the need to have to argue with us and have to debate with us? Like I told, I said what I said and let's leave it <laughs> at that. Why do you want to debate about yeah. something that's in my life. Like I could say I ate pizza and it had pepperoni on it. And somebody could be like, no, it had sausage. And yeah. we could go <laughs> like yeah, no, it was spicy sausage. <laughs> it was salami. It was you know, it, you know why? Something. <laughs> it's like I know what the hell I saw. Right. Like, and it's funny because I would have been because I'm a smart ass by nature. And I probably would have been like, so y'all got the email that they sent out and y'all saw what it read. Mm-hmm. If so let me let me just make sure I was reading it right since y'all saw it, too. Exactly. Uh, and the thing is, is that, you know, and I'll say this. I didn't even receive an email. Someone called me from headquarters and they were like, hey, don't report into work or orientation on Monday. Like, send our stuff back. That's all it was. I th- my contractor didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get contacted until after it happened, and this was like maybe two hours after after it happened. So, yeah, a lot of people think they know what happened, and they don't. I was told things verbatim from that person, but um, you know that it wasn't just my you know company that got their contract cut. It was a lot of companies, um, and. I mean, they're still cutting people off, contractors or not. They're still, people are in my inbox telling me about their situation and telling me, hey, like what you're saying is the truth. And, you know, there's certain people that don't want to believe it. So they just attack the person, they attack the person. But I've said nothing wrong. I've said nothing wrong and I stand by what I say and I'm not going to be silenced about it. You know, I'm not going to put up with the bullying either, although it hurts to see it. And I sometimes get emotional about it, but I'm going to say what I have to say. I've never been a person to, you know, go back on my word. And, you know, it might've been some, uh, you know, words that people didn't like, you know, what I said, um, as far as like rescinded and layoff, whatever, same damn thing. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, honestly, it really is the same damn thing, but you know, 
people, they just want to correct you so much. So it, they, they're just so interested in just being right all the time. And it's just like, God damn it. Like we're all in the same goddamn boat. Something like this happened to me today and it can happen to you tomorrow. Yeah. Nothing is, nothing is set in stone. And that's my favorite thing to say is just like you're an at will employer. I'm an at will employee. So just how you can let me go, furlough me, whatever it may be. I can leave at a heartbeat. I can put in my two weeks. I honestly don't even have to put in the two weeks. I can just go. I don't have to clock in tomorrow. That's that's not going to happen. I need the paycheck. But <laughs> just in case my manager's listening, I, I need that paycheck, sis. I'll be at work tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be at work early. Got you. <laughs> no, it, it's just crazy. Um, and like throughout this time, since we're on the topic mental health and it's mental health month, uh, awareness month. Like how have you kept your mental health sane? And I want to say like during your job search before all of this happened and then after, cause I know like the situation that happened has taken a toll on you. Trust me, we've had conversations a lot. So like, how have you stayed sane throughout this whole process? I didn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't stay sane. And you know, I, I'm not ashamed to say this, that, you know, my, entire, you know, even as a child, I've struggled with like depression and anxiety and, you know, PTSD and, you know, things like that. I didn't even know that I had ADHD until a couple of months ago. So, you know, that was refreshing to know that I wasn't crazy, you know, certain thing. And I was actually misdiagnosed for having bipolar disorder, but that's a whole nother topic. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you have to work at it every day. It's not going to be sunshine and, you know, roses all the time because you said that, you know, you're going to therapy, therapy and psychotherapy, you know, whatever you want to call it is tough. It is tough because you really have to sit down and face conversations and fears that you try to suppress and mm-hmm. those are really the keys to unlocking what exactly is wrong or not even necessarily wrong, but what you can do to be better as a person, you know? And, you know, so it was at one point where I decided I wanted to go to therapy and I wasn't really depressed at all. And then I really realized how unhappy I was just by the, you know, questions that, you know, my therapist was asking me, I was just like, wow, like I really didn't even think about it. And it's like amazing to know that, you know, you, you sit and live in your own body and you're not even aware of what's going on until someone actually sits down and asks the questions that you really needed to hear. It's been tough. I mean, I've, you know, been on certain medications and it's, it's stressful. And right now I'm in a better space, because not only have I been actively going to therapy and talking, um, you know, with people that I trust um, about the certain things that I'm going through, but incorporating different things. I started, you know, strength training in March and I have not stopped even throughout all of this. Um, On the hardest days, I still got up super early in the morning and I went to the gym with my personal trainer and I'm still doing it. And it's really a great release you know, doing yoga, doing Pilates. I mean, it's really refreshing to know that you can release so much stress and trauma within your body. And it's true. It's real that you're releasing a lot of 
of stuff. So that's what's really helping me through all of this. And just remembering that, you know, when people are angry or upset at you, most of the time, it's really not even about the things that you did. It's because they're projecting from what they feel inside and they're angry with themselves. So that's just something that you have to repeat over and over. I mean, throughout the day, you know, today was a really great day, but even when you're having a really great day, there are some low moments, but you have to pull yourself out of it and say, you know, I'm going through a, a you know, a emotion. I'm going to go through it and I'm going to allow myself to be a human and I got to let it pass. And then it, eventually it'll pass. And I can remember who I am and, you know, just saying affirmations and writing and doing the work. Yeah. I, I, I really just pull myself back together and just having faith in God that, whatever I'm going through, I'm, I'm going to make it through. You know, usually when bad things like this happens, that means that there's a miracle right after it. I'm just really just winging it at this moment. <laughs> that's really how it is. Just trying to figure shit out. And that's my yeah. fit. That's why I always say like, that's what we're here for. That's what this show is. And this is, is great. And uh, it's amazing that you can share this story without, you know, a lot of people would take what has happened and they would be like, I'm going to shut down this and the other, but you use it as they, you use it as like fuel to your fire. You know, yeah. you use it as like, okay, I'm not going to let this one setback Cause that's what they want. They want mm-hmm. you to fall. They want you to fail. So yeah, I won't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know you should have heard, uh, you know how I, I sounded really delusional this morning when I had my therapy session because she was like, well, how have you been? Cause it's been a month since I talked to her and she's like, and, and I'm like, Oh, wait till you hear this. <laughs> she's probably like, okay, girl, we got to charge you an extra 75. Cause I didn't sign up for that Yeah, she was like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm actually going to go to Starbucks after this, and then I'm going to go to Pilates. So, girl, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm just checking in with you. What else do you want to talk about? It, she was just like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? At this point, I'm just doing whatever I want to do, and I'm enjoying this time that I have, you know? You could either look at it as a, a con and say, oh, you know, woe is me. I have no job, and this and that, and I can cry every day and think about what I don't have, or I can really look at all the pros of what I do have, which is free time with my family, you know, being able to spend time with my dogs that I love so much, or being able to meditate and get up and go to the park, walk around, lay in the sunshine, visit with friends, you know, do things like that. And it's just really refreshing to know that I have extra time to do the things that I really didn't get to do when I was employed. Because by the time you get off, it's like, oh gosh, you're tired. But um, that's what I'm really enjoying right now is just all the free time that I have to just kind of get myself together and know who I am as a person before I just jump right back into the workplace. So yeah, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I think the, um, the lesson in all of this is just to have gratitude. You don't necessarily have to be strong. You just have to be thankful. Yeah. And that's a word. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think like, it's crazy. Cause we'll think like, God, why, you know, why, why, why'd you do this? Why is this happening? And I, right. I like to think that when things like this happen, it's God saying like, we're going to get you realigned. Right. That's ideally what you're doing is you're realigning, you're trying to figure out your purpose, uh, you're relaxing, you're doing things that you probably wouldn't have been able to do if this, you know, bump in the road didn't happen. Uh, yeah. But then that means that 
other doors are about to open. You know, what is it? Uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel or something like that. Yeah. Like, there's something out there that's for you. And maybe this position that was, you know, taken away from you, maybe that wasn't like, maybe God saw something was like, no, you mm-hmm. don't need to be here. No, this isn't yeah. it. No, this isn't, this isn't going to be for you. And right. took it away for a reason. So I always like to look at like, that was something that so I was saved personally. You know, I was saved from this could have been horrible or this could have yeah. been a toxic environment or my mental health could have been struggling even more than what it is. So, yeah, reject. What is it? Rejection is just rejection is God protection. He, he's just protecting yeah. you from something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm grateful for the experience. I mean, to be quite honest, like this is a very small bump in my road. I mean, I've been through a lot of shit in my life. I, I really have. And when I tell people my story, they're like, what? And you went through all of this before the age of 25? And it's just like, yeah, I did all of that. And I did it by myself. And it's just like, I, I've learned a lot of life lessons. And I promise you, this is really nothing compared to what I've been through. And like I said, I mean, it's really not about being strong because I have moments in my life to where I just feel like I can't do it. But it's it's really all temporary. It's temporary. It really is. Even in that that moment of weakness, you you have to find it somewhere. You have to find that light somewhere. That's the only way that you're going to be able to keep going. Like I have to keep going. I'm not going to go back to a place to where I'm just stuck. Like I will never be stuck again in my life ever. No, we never want to be stuck. <laughs> we never want to stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm and here. You're not going to for... stop me from getting a job. <laughs> you, you can try, but you're not going to try. I've had all these CEOs in my personal messages telling me how badass I am. So screw y'all. And y'all <laughs> can kiss screw me. Ass. Y'all. Not, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good thing she's anonymous, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, whatever. It is what it is. I'm a grown ass adult. Y'all can whatever. That we are. And that's why I'm like, "Mm, yeah, that's it's my podcast. And Mm -hmm. we're gonna keep it real. And that's what we did this this episode. So I I do appreciate you. I know we can talk all night, but I do appreciate you agreeing to this because I know it's been a, a long couple of weeks. And I was like, man, I just want them to share their story. Um, and mm-hmm. feel like they're in a safe space to share it and be who they are. Because I never want people to come up here and just be like, yeah. okay, I'm going to say what I think she wants to hear. Like, no, like this no. is after hours. Who's going to check me? Who's going to take my podcast now? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Who's going to check me, boo? From the <laughs> Let me stop before I get into Real Housewives. Let me stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. You know, this is probably the first time I've ever done anything like this. And, you know, thank you for, you know, amplifying my voice and just giving me a chance to explain who I am and what I've gone through. So, no, I really do appreciate that. And from one black woman to another, we in this thing and we ain't going nowhere. I know. I, I told you, I was like, you're stuck with me at this point, regardless of, you know, what your next step is. You're stuck with me. So, <laughs> so yes. So thank you again. And I want to thank everybody who's listening to the show today. Remember to please rate, subscribe and review. Also, please feel free to share with your network because we love to grow. And until next time, another Chit Chats with Lonnie. Thanks, y'all.